Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the NFL Week 17 Fantasy Flex on the Action Network podcast. I'm Matthew Friedman, the editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs. Who said that the fantasy season has to end with Week 16? In this episode, we're taking a quick look at the season-long player props and futures that we're sweating as we enter the final week of the year. We are breaking down, of course, the players at the top of our rankings available at actionnetwork.com slash fantasy. We are discussing the guys that we're high and low on, and we're speculating on some week 17 props. With me, as always, is Sean Corner and Chris Raybon. Sean is our director of predictive analytics and one of the top in-season fantasy football rankers for the past half decade. And Chris is a senior editor and analyst at the Action Network and a co-host of the Action Network show on Sirius XM Fantasy Radio. Gentlemen, let's jump into it. I want to hear what uh, season-long player props and futures you guys are sweating heading into week 17. Sean, hit me with what is making you blush. <laughs> well, uh, we talked about it before we came on, but um, Kyler Murray, his over passing yards is a popular prop we all took. Um, and I feel like it started out at what, like 3,100? Yeah. Um, and then it eventually crept up to probably like 3,500. Um, I, I must have taken it when it was about 3,200. But when I wrote my article and we had our podcast, the best line available was 3,400. So I, I posted that play. Um, and right now he's three yards short and uh, looks like a game time decision this week. So we just need him to play. Uh, I guess he got in full practice this week. So I think we're looking good there. Um, but everything else is pretty much locked up. I had Lamar Jackson under 3,200. Uh, passing yards and uh, you know due to the week 17 shenanigans looks like I'm gonna win that luckily Um, but you know I I tried to focus more on the bigger payout uh, props because I get limited pretty hard so um, I took a lot of those most yardage props so I had uh, Jameis Winston at 11 to 1 I think it was for most passing yards that looks uh, pretty good right now and I took uh, Nick Chubb at like 18 to 1 or 20 to 1 for most rushing yards, he has to hold off uh, McCaffrey and Henry this week, uh, but that's looking good too. And then I had the Chris Godwin, 101 most receiving yards. He, uh, you know, look I get a shot, but Mike Thomas definitely dominated that market, so didn't win that one. But overall, look, I'm looking pretty good, and hopefully, uh, we can get Kyler Murray to just you know complete one pass this week for people that took over uh, 3,400 passing yards this year. Raymond, what about you? Yeah, as far as sweating, uh, it's also a bunch of Kyler props, obviously. Um, 20 and a half touchdowns, that he would need three uh, this week. Uh, rookie of the year at six to one. So we'll see about that. Um, as far as like props that I already hit, uh, mentioned, gave Sean a shout out, I think, uh, last week, but uh, he called the uh, Will Greer over a half start. So um, <laughs> <laughs> got that in the bag last week. And I, I tend to bet almost every interception under, uh, and most of those are looking uh, pretty good. Uh, I don't, I'm, I don't think I took Jameis's, thank God. But um, yeah, it, th- those, those are usually money for me every year. 
Yeah, so I'm there, Sean, with you on uh, Jameis Winston to lead the league in passing. Uh, 15 to 1, I think, is where I got him, and he's a lock there. Uh, Chubb, I'm you know sweating a little bit. Uh, he's the rushing leader, 92 yards ahead of Christian McCaffrey. But, you know, you could see a Week 17 situation where, uh, you know, the Panthers really feed McCaffrey because they want to help him, you know, get the scrimmage record. And Chubb doesn't see much action just because it's Week 17. So that's one I'm a little bit, uh, you know, I mean, 92 yards, that's, that's a significant lead. But that's one I'm just sweating probably a little more than I should. They'll probably um, give it to him in the passing game. He's... 67 yards short of a thousand yard season yeah and the so i think they'll you know they'll try to get him a thousand receiving yards and that you know just by default you know receptions are more valuable in terms of getting yards so i think they'll feed him in the passing game hopefully and chubb has a good matchup uh, against the Bengals. so i'm not sweating it too much but it's uh, you know, don't cash in quite yet. Yeah, um, it's on, it's it's on the over. radar. And, and Rayvon, you mentioned Kyler at 6-1 to one as Rookie of the Year. Uh, I kind of set up a, a string of bets for Rookie of the Year where if Kyler cashed, I would do slightly better than break even. And then if one of the running backs cashed, whether that's Jacobs at 12-1 to one or Sanders at 30-1, to one, then that would be a, a pretty big win for me. The one guy I didn't have is A.J. Brown at 25-1. to oh. one. And I think he's something of a sleeper here because like he has, like if he has a big week 17, he could actually have a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns on the season, you know, and that, that will put him in the running, especially if Kyler sits and if Josh Jacobs sits in week 17. So, uh, you know, hoping it's not Brown, it probably won't be, but that's, that's one I'm a little uncertain about right now. Yeah, he could have a big game and help lead them to the playoffs. Or exactly. Like that's definitely yeah. in play. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a touchdown, he'd have eight touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be a close one. He has the rushing touchdown, too. From, yeah. From oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, right. That, like, Sanders is in, in kind of that same boat. Like, if he has a big week 17, the Eagles go to the playoffs. Like, the, the race is by no means done, which is kind of crazy during week 17. Yeah, Sanders has looked the past couple of weeks. Granted, it's a small sample, but the past couple of weeks, like the offensive rookie of the year, just based on what he's done. And, and if the Eagles do go to the playoffs and Sanders has a big game, yeah, him hitting at 30 to 1 would be really nice. Uh, and, and then one small, really minor one that's on the radar, Latavius Murray over six total touchdowns. He's at six right now. So I'm just oh. hoping he, he finds the end zone. He finds the end zone this week. Uh, and then Brady, well, one more here. He's probably not going to get over 4,150, you know, which would be the first time in a long time that he hasn't hit that mark. But he does have a good matchup against the Dolphins. He's at 3,836. If there is a game where he can sort of turn it back and throw for over 300 yards, it would maybe be this game. So that's one that's kind of on the radar, although I doubt we get there. Maybe I can set up a scenario where you can hedge your bet there. <laughs> 300 yards against the Dolphins. Uh, it's possible. Yeah, uh, it's possible. All right, let's get into the uh, Week 17 rankings. That's right. I can't believe that we are degenerate enough on a Monday night, and Sean, for you, on a Monday afternoon to create Week 17 rankings, especially for some guys we didn't even know uh, were going to be signed yet, like Marshawn Lynch. Uh, but here's, here's where we are. It's Week 17. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. At the top of our rankings, we have Dak against Washington, Breeze on the road going against Carolina, and Mahomes in Kansas City going against the Chargers. Sean, what are your thoughts on any quarterbacks you're relatively high on this week? Uh, so, I mean, this is basically a DFS week 
uh, only. So Case Keenum at 4,500, getting the start uh, at Dallas. They should be trailing most of the way. Did I take your guy? Damn. I know. I'm usually the one putting him in. I'll probably be taking a few it's guys. Okay. Week, it's but, okay. But yeah, Case Keenum, obviously he has that chemistry uh, with McLaurin. They should be trailing this game. Nothing to play for. So I could see him airing it out. Uh, so And he's 4,500 this week. He's extremely cheap. And, you know, that's the thing with week 17. We, we don't know which guys are going to be out this week. So we're going to have to, you know, strategize which positions we want to spend down on, which ones we want to spend up. Um, and typically, you know, running back, we, we could have some value plays pop up. Um, so I'll probably be spending up at wide receiver um, and running back. And, you know, spending down to get Case Keenum at 4,500, I think that's going to be a solid uh, foundation for just, you know, specifically how week 17 typically plays out. Case Keenum, 4,500. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that, Sean basically said it. You know, one thing I think to note was that, and this could be kind of a, a sample that had to do more with, with uh, Jay Gruden, but they were attempting a lot more pass, uh, passes with Keenum at quarterback. So um, that was early in the year. So we'll see if that kind of carries over. Uh, it may not, but at 4,500, I think – um, the one thing is, as Sean mentioned, he's had a lot better chemistry with McLaren. So um, that kind of raises, you know, the ceiling of that passing game in general. And Steven Sims coming on too. But another guy I, I like is Jared Goff, 6,200. He's at home. So, you know, we always like him when he's at home. He's against the Cardinals who have been, uh, you know, not only the worst, uh, the best tight end matchup, but essentially the best quarterback matchup uh, as well. So, uh, you know, this is a spot where I think we'll, we'll see if um, – the Rams are going to, you know, they're out of playoff contention, but I don't know why they would rest guys. Uh, and this would be kind of a spot where they could just, uh, you know, have, have a pretty easy and throw it around. And Tower Higby's playing well. They got all three receivers going. Maybe they'll try to get Brandon Cooks some stats. So uh, I like Cox as long as he, uh, as long as we get, don't get any word that the Rams are going to do anything silly. Yeah, Raymond, I'm with you there. Goff had his uh, best performance of the season against the Cardinals in Week 13, and uh, he is actually popping in the sexiest of our models at Fantasy Labs, which, of course, is the Friedman model. Uh, another guy, in addition to Goff, that I am relatively high on, uh, and I'm kind of surprised you guys aren't higher on him in the rankings graded. It is early in the week, but Ryan Tannehill, uh, you know, this is a team in the Titans that actually has something to play for. And they're going against the Texans who, although, you know, there's the report out there that they are planning to play to win, uh, they have very little incentive to go all out or limited incentive to go all out. So uh, I like the matchup anyway. I don't have a lot of respect for the, the Texans secondary. Um, and you know, he's just playing at a, like a, a top five level since he became the starter for the Titans. So uh, I have him at number six right now. You guys have him at nine or 10. Um, I expect that you guys will bump him up in the rankings as the week progresses. But uh, yeah, relatively high on Tannehill. Um, who is someone, Sean, that you are relatively low on? Besides well, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, T Tannehill's a good call. Uh, I think Derrick Henry's return in my model, uh, you know, takes away some of his touchdown uh, potential. But I love that call. Must win game. Great matchup. Um, the guy I'm fading this week, and I'm not happy about it, or, you know, I don't feel great about it, um, is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, he's pretty expensive despite the matchup. He's 5,800. He's at New England. Uh, the Patriots have to win. Um, so I don't see them getting cute. I think they're going to try to shut down uh, Fitzmagic. Uh, but, you know, fading Fitzmagic has been a losing proposition all year long. 
Um, but I think this is the week, uh, you know, it, it's going to be the time to fade him. So um, I'm going to fade him and I'm just next, I'm going to expect him to go for, you know, 300 yards and three touchdowns this week. But at 5,800, it's, it's almost not even worth taking him. Um, despite the obvious, you know, upside he carries. But uh, just this Patriots team is going to be geared up to stop Fitz Magic. Uh, they don't really have to worry about the run game. Uh, Miles Gaskin looked pretty good last week, but I think he's going to be out this week. So they brought in of course he is. Samaje Pirain. Um <laughs> So uh, it just Bill Belichick doesn't have that much to worry about other than stopping uh, Fitzpatrick. So uh, I'm fading him this week. All right. More on Fitzpatrick in a little bit. That's what we call a tease. Rayvon. Who are you relatively low on? I think you got to start looking at some of the, like the guys at the top of the salary with, uh, with no motivation. And the guy that sticks out really is Deshaun Watson because, you know, Bill O'Brien can say what he wants, but the bottom line is the Texans sometimes don't even show up when they are fully motivated. And uh, in a spot where they're, you know, half motivated, maybe not at all motivated, depending on what happens uh, earlier in the day. Uh, I think that, you know, it, you, could, you could get in trouble playing Watson at 6,700. You know, maybe in a tournament is like, a, you know, if he's going to be super well-owned. But uh, I think the, the median for him has to be a little bit lower because he could get pulled. Uh, and he really didn't even have a great game against uh, Tampa Bay in a spot that you would expect uh, – you would have expected a much better game. So, uh, Texans kind of winning it a little uglier lately. Uh, some a little lower scoring than we thought – uh, in the Titans game before that as well. So uh, fading Watson at 6,700. All right. One guy I am definitely low on is Josh Allen, uh, in part because the Bills are locked in, I believe, like 99% sure, 99.9% sure, yeah. locked into yep. the number five seed. So yeah. they, they literally have nothing to play for. Uh, they would be best served uh, by, you know, just trying to keep their guys healthy. Uh, and so I'm, I'm assuming that we are going to be bumping Allen down in our rankings. He might not even start. Like, he, he will probably right. be taken out of the model at some point by the end of the week. Um, so, yeah, I'm, but this is just sort of like the heads up of like, hey, uh, we're ranking him right now, but don't assume that he's going to play. Like, assume that he's someone who shouldn't be even close to your, your lineups. If Allen sits, what happens to the over-under? It's like 37? <laughs> uh, I mean, it would probably go down a point, maybe, yes. against okay, cool. the Jets. I bet it at 37, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, could see, I, I could see Allen starting, and if he does start, uh, I mean, Freeman, you're right. They'll probably just tell him, you know, don't pull it down and run it. Uh, dump it off to Singletary or Gore or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but they don't want him running it. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. Those guys – um, don't have much to gain this week, so they're probably, you know, and we rely on the rushing stats to a certain extent. Uh, they're probably going to be told don't, you know, don't run the ball. So that that just saps their fancy value completely. So, yeah, I, I agree with you guys avoiding those two. Yeah, and, and to look at the the market here, um, the Bills opened as four-and-a-half-point favorites, and that's dropped down to one-and-a-half. So, the, I mean, the market is signaling that uh, everyone is anticipating the Bills won't really be playing to win yeah. this game. Uh, let's talk about the, the quarterback prop uh, for Week 17. By the way, everyone should check out the props tool that we have at Fantasy Labs. Going back to last season, the props with a bet quality of 10 have hit at a 60% win rate. Pretty, pretty good. Sean, give us the prop for week 17. Yeah, so I mentioned earlier, uh, this is the least confident prop of the week for me, so I need your guys' help. Uh, but it's Ryan Fitzpatrick's passing yards at New England. Um, 
and I have it at 20, uh, 225 and a half. I'll take the over. I have it at uh, 234 and I could just see him going full YOLO. And the fact that the, the Patriots are likely without two starting cornerbacks, I think is kind of significant. Jason McCourty pulled, uh, you know, like re-aggravated his groin issue that he's been dealing with for half the season. So he's going to be out, I'm assuming. And then slot cornerback Jonathan Jones didn't play last week. And I think he's going to be out once again. So, you know, they still have some good backup cornerbacks, but, you know, down two starters is, uh, I think, something to pay attention to. What do you have for his um, interception projection? A fun prop this week could be what will be greater, Tom Brady rushing yards or Ryan Fitzpatrick interceptions? I've never seen an interception prop this high in my model. I mean, a projection, but it's at 1.7 right now. (laughs) Over. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yo, I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> I That's think my model broke. Sean, Sean <laughs> just took your prop in this, in this segment where he's offering a prop. No. <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, Raymond, where are you on this prop? Uh, was it two twenty five? Was that the line? I ha- I, yeah. I, yeah, I have I have him a little bit over because um, I have him throwing about uh, forty times. So uh, yeah, I haven't been the in the high t thirties. Sean, you think over 1.7? I'm just saying, it's going to be one of those games. I could see 300 yards, three touchdowns, four picks, and, you know, 50 rushing yards and a touchdown. Just classic Fitzmagic game. Maybe his last game ever. Who knows? But uh, I want him to go out, you know, in style. That that could be. Yeah. That could be the line. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. That, that would be so epic. Let's talk about the running backs. The three guys at the top of our rankings, Christian McCaffrey going against the Saints, Ezekiel Elliott going against the Washington Redskins, and then Alvin Kamara on the road going against the Panthers. Sean, who are you relatively high on at the position? So, uh, okay, it looks like I'm going to steal one from Raybon, Le'Veon Bell. I'll let him talk about him. Uh, but the other guy I'm high on is Sonny Michelle at 4,900 against the Dolphins. Um, you know, this is an ideal spot for a, a huge Sonny Michelle game. We really haven't seen them uh, this year much. But, um, you know, this is the time of year where they started to lean on him a ton. So I could see them doing it here. Um, you know, Rex Burkhead going off late last week doesn't help. But that might lower uh, Michelle's ownership. I think he could be fairly low owned. Um, despite the price. So I think 4,900, just taking Michelle, hoping for, you know, one or two goal line touchdowns and maybe, you know, 20 plus carries. Um, you know, I'm willing to take that chance this week. So, um, you know, writing the, I, I feel like it was last, last playoffs. I kept betting on Sonia Michelle to have the most yards for each round. And he did. Um, so, you know, I'm probably just kind of factoring that in too much, but uh, this time of year, I, I'm going to jump back on the Sonia Michelle train. In the, the weekly betting guides that we put out at Action Network, uh, I normally take the Dolphins. Wh- whoever's playing against them, I just I take that blurb. And, uh, I mean, you can just recycle it week to week about how bad their linebackers are. And basically, whoever's playing against them, they're running backs against the linebackers for the Dolphins. It's just a pleasure to recycle that blurb <laughs> over and over again. So, yeah, I'm with you there on Sony Michelle. I think Burkhead could get in and on the action and – you know, James White, even you could see him getting some, some work, just, you know, all of, all of the Patriots running backs. Yeah. Sure, Freeman? It, it, says, it says you bet the Dolphins plus 16, five. So 
Seems like sixteen and a half. <laughs> I mean, pretty close come game on. there, Free. I mean, that's anything in between sixteen and a half and zero, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it doesn't mean it has to be exactly. I didn't know this was an exact prop right here. <laughs> like, oh, All right, uh, let's, let's let's kick it to you, Raymond. Talk about Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> so Le'Veon Bell is playing against the Buffalo Bills, who, as we mentioned, have no real motivation. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is down at five point eight k, so. That's a pretty good price for a guy who is going to see feature back usage against a team that's not really motivated. And the run defense was the weaker point of their defense anyway. Uh, very good defense overall, but uh, I expect them to rest some depth piece, uh, some pieces on that defense as well. Uh, perhaps Edmonds and some guys, uh, you know, that would kind of weaken the front. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell also needs 252 yards for 1,000. So, hey, it might just see <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he also needs around uh, 175 receiving yards to hit the receiving prop that he had entering the season. So, well, you know, he's going to gun for that now. Yeah, keep keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> That's another um, thing. Just just real quick is you know it's pretty early in the week, but usually later in the week is when we find out um, you know players have certain incentives in their contract, like they need to hit a certain stat threshold we'll know this at the end of the week and then we'll kind of bump up projections projections accordingly uh but right now i don't really know what what those are but i'm sure some are going to pop up all right one guy i mentioned him earlier i'm relatively high on miles sanders um just getting such elite usage uh really over the past six weeks but uh it's over the past two weeks that he's been able to you know, finally turn that into production. Uh, I like, you know, the, the matchup for him. It's not great in terms of running, but I think still like the Giants are so bad in general that uh, he's still going to, to have lots of opportunities. So like Miles Sanders, Sean, who are you relatively low on? So the two um, running backs I'm low on are, you know, I typically fade these types of backs for week 17. They're, you know, the – you know, the workhorse backs that are pretty expensive, but they're on teams with nothing to play for. Um, so there's no real reason to give them their usual workload. Uh, and the first guy is Marlon Mack at 6,900 at Jacksonville. Uh, you know, it's a great matchup. The Jaguars have basically given up uh, for, you know, some time now. Uh, but the Colts have nothing to play for. Um, he's pretty expensive for what he is. And, you know, I, I could see them just working on Jordan Wilkins and even Jonathan uh, Williams more this week. So I wouldn't trust him at that price. He, he basically has to score one or two touchdowns. Uh, I don't see it happening. And the other guy is uh, Saquon Barkley at 8,700. I mean, he completely salvaged his uh, 2019 season uh, the past two weeks. Uh, definitely won some uh, trophies for some people. But uh, this week uh, against the Eagles, who are a pass funnel uh, defense, this isn't a great matchup. Uh, they're playing for something, you know, making the playoffs, and the Giants don't really have anything to play for. So I could see them, you know, not giving Barkley the full workload, looking forward to, uh, you know, 2020 and not getting him hurt. So uh, 8,700, 8, he's not the type of player you want to pay up for in Week 17. Typically you want to pay up for guys um, in must-win spots. So fading both those running backs this week. Rayvon, who do you got? Devontae Freeman, uh, he's up at 65K. The last couple weeks, he had really good matchups. Uh, he's been getting involved in the pass game. But this, this is just a tough matchup. And the Falcons are another team with nothing to play for. And they actually have a couple of young backs behind Freeman that they probably want to get a look at. Uh, Quadri Allison, who's been stealing some goal line work. And then, you know, Brian Hill, uh, he's another guy that they might want to just give a couple more carries to as well. So 
you know, Tampa Bay is number one in, in run defense, DVOA, and number two in uh, DVOA on passes to running back. So tough matchup in a spot where there's a, a four-man rotation uh, working in because they, they, they use Barner in the backfield uh, a bit too. So staying away from him at 65. All right, one guy I'm relatively low on, and I think he's going to be someone you know we come back to throughout the week uh, and reexamine Derrick Henry, um, you know because he is one of those lead guys who is in a must-win spot. But he didn't play last week, so there are questions about his hamstring. I don't think Deion Lewis looked particularly good last week, but if Derrick Henry isn't fully healthy. Um, they could shift maybe a little bit of the workload to Deion Lewis, even if Henry is playing. So uh, he's someone I'm, I'm just kind of holding my breath on right now. You guys both have him ranked in the top 10. I have him at number 15. I'm sure as we get more you know, practice reports, I'll probably bump him up a little bit. But I'm just – I'm a little uncertain about him. And I'd, I kind of like to get your thoughts on him a little bit because he is probably one of the high-priced guys that people really will be considering paying for this week. So for my initial projection, I basically um, you know, took off what you usually take off for you know, a guy that's uh, you know, in, coming back from an injury or, or going to play through a tag and – and that's his workload. And he has such a high workload anyway. I think it's around like 86% of the carries went healthy. And, and that was in counting one game where he probably really wasn't healthy, um, that he still projects for, you know, about 80% of the carries, even when you uh, kind of knock him down a bit. So, you know, I guess we will see what happens in the practice reports. But, you, you know, you, you talk about this all the time. The Texans defense is, <laughs> you know, it's not very good. And all Derrick Hunter needs is a couple of those big runs. And that's what he yeah. kind of specializes in those chunk runs. So it's hard to knock him down too much. But it uh, could be a mixing situation maybe where, you know, we get word that he's just not not really good. And, uh, and then we knock him down a little more. But for now, yeah, I just kind of have him on that initial, you know, normal injured running back tag. If we get a pregame video of him walking out of the tunnel the way that Mixon did last week, I'm dropping him out of out of the 30s. Yeah, obviously. But um, so yeah, I, I'm there with you guys. But I think last week was more precautionary. They didn't. The Titans didn't really have anything to gain from that game. It was all going to come down to this matchup anyway. So I think they just held him out uh, for strategic reasons, uh, just give him some time to heal up. So he could be closer to 100% than I realized, but obviously this is something we need to monitor. And a site like DK, where it's, uh, you know, full point PPR, at 8,100, he's definitely uh, too expensive. You know, he, he usually has to score one or two touchdowns to hit that price in GPP. So, yeah, I'm with you guys. He, I, I would consider him a fade this week. All right, Sean, give us the running back prop. All right, so we have to do it, but uh, Marshawn Lynch, um, total <laughs> rushing yards, rushing yards only. Um, at home against uh, the 49ers, must-win game. Um, I don't. I honestly don't even know what line I have right now. Um, <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm making up as I go along. I mean, we were joking around having different backs in the Seahawks backfield, and I guess I lucked out by getting uh, Lynch and Turbin right. Um, so I'm going to set the line at 40 and a half. Under. Yeah, okay. I'm. I'm going to go under as well, but I have it at um, 38.2. It's not as if I'm all that far from you, but like that's just a wild guess, you know. Um, what do you, you guys have the carries at? Uh, ten and a half right now. See, yeah, I have them. I, I just put them eight, eight, eight. Wrench Homer Turbin, like that's so. That's the difference. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I I have him. I have him at nine. You know, it's. I mean, who who really knows? But 
yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think eight sounds like a reasonable floor considering who he is and uh, who Travis Homer is. <laughs> so, you know, I, like, I think they're not going to want to overload him, but I think they did get him to use him. So Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, that's, that's fair. I just don't – like, it's, it's more so like, okay, him versus Turbin – and Homer, and the fact that it's kind of like a Mike Boone situation, too, where, like, Homer caught, what, like five, six passes last week. If the Seahawks fall behind and they are underdogs against the 49ers, does Winch get those pass-down snaps? Probably not. So he's just probably not in the game. Uh, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm being a little conservative there. But, yeah, it's a wild guess, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when right. was the last time Robert Turbin had an NFL – touch oh last year i guess last year i just remember or something (laughs) the the last i remember him he was just like a goal line vulture for frank gore or something so yeah i guess it's been a while yeah i don't see don't give carries for it don't give them they gotta give carries to somebody right (laughs) right exactly (laughs) yeah Uh, nick belore (laughs) yeah the fullback right he got a touchdown last week he he stole our our arizona tight end touchdown like it's like like, true yeah all right, let's, uh, let's talk about the wide receivers here. The guys at the top of the rankings, Michael Thomas at Carolina, Julio at Tampa Bay, and Hopkins versus Tennessee. Sean, I'm going to skip you and go to Raybon first because I don't want you to snipe him once again. Raybon, <laughs> who are you relatively high on? This one is probably much harder to snipe because I have like a bunch of low-priced guys. So, Steven Sims Jr., 4,700. Uh, he's been coming on strong, running uh, pretty much all of the uh, – playing a full-time role over these last three, four games. Now he has Case Keaton, which I think is a uh, step up in quarterback. So I like him at, at 44.7K. I think he's one of those guys that, um, you know, kind of end of the year, T- Washington needs guys to catch passes, McLaurin, and then it, it Sims as a number two. Uh, and then some more dart throw types, but Christian Blake, uh, you know, I've noticed that he's been essentially running routes. He ran 74 routes over the past uh, three games, and he has one target. So – Regression, uh, Tampa Bay, you know, they're, they're a team that generally is a pass funnel. So I think he's an interesting play that's probably going to be less than 1% uh, owned. Uh, Alan Lazard, you know, he, he's coming on strong. I think uh, Det- you know, the, this is a game where the Packers might have some success through the air. And uh, I like Lazard as like a pivot off Devontae. And, and then Javon Williams is another one of those dart throws, got nine targets last week. I thought they were going to play Riley Ridley a lot more. Um, but apparently it was just because Wims was hurt. So uh, he got nine targets last week. Minnesota cornerbacks have been kind of shaky on the outside. So uh, in a game, in, in a kind of weird game where uh, we don't know exactly, you know, who's playing for what and who cares about what, I think Wims is an interesting guy uh, at min price who could get a ton of targets. All right, Sean, who do you got here? So uh, just real quick, Raybon, uh, how many routes per drop uh, percent drop back did you have Blake for last week? Because the data feed I have has zero. Oh, so you know what? So, so yeah, I'm pretty sure oh. where you got your data from. And you, what you have to do is for guys that don't get targeted, you have to go in manually and um, – Right, yeah, I haven't done anything yeah. yet. I was just making sure. I had okay. him I had him on some teams last week. He was uh, yeah. 0.38%, and I was very disappointed in his zero. So, yeah, I saw he didn't, he didn't get a target, so I figured yeah. I had to do some manual stuff. But that's, just that's wanted to like, make sure – that's like one of the things I do like when I like am up all night uh, doing rankings is like going in and finding those guys that like yeah. ran routes but like didn't get targeted because like that messes up like if you don't it, like messes up right the yeah 
Because, no, I, I, yeah. Uh, no, I Sorry, knew that. I was just wondering what it was. I was watching the game. I saw him running the route. <laughs> I saw him. <laughs> like, no, I knew. I knew the data was wrong. I was just curious um, what it was. So it is, you uh, said it was sixty-eight. Or, um, uh, 69, I believe. Let me, let me nice. double check. Nice. Yeah, 69. <laughs> it was 89 two weeks ago and then 89, 69. So yeah, he's run, he's run over 70 routes these past couple weeks and has like yeah. one target. Um, but that, and that's interesting though, because it, it actually, you know, kind of props, it, like it means like guys like Russell Gage and who we've seen Julio get like the, the monster target game. So anytime there's a guy that's like running routes and not getting targeted, Wind um, sprints. That's, kind of, that, that's what those are called. Right. Wind sprints. <laughs> right, right. But though, but right. that like that right. that increases the upside of right. the other like guys on the team. So that's something to watch for like Hooper, um, Gage. But I think it's the time to just bet on Blake because he's he's at, he's still at min price. So yeah, I guess I was a week I, I was a week too early, but I I'm gonna be back on this week. I, I just don't see them giving Julio 15 and 20 <laughs> targets again in a meaningless game. So uh, I agree there. Um, Ooh, so I don't think it's maybe incentive. Maybe yeah. incentives. Incentives. Um, he's up to he's up to 13, 16. So they need eighty four yards for his fourth straight, fifth straight, sixth straight, six straight fourteen hundred yard season. He would okay. only yeah. he would only eighty four yards though. So, so he, he can like he, yeah he can get that in the first quarter and then they can start throwing <laughs> to Blake please. Um, but the other guy I'm high on. Uh, so I do agree with the Blake call. Like I said, I was a week too early on him. Uh, but the other guy I like is uh, Christian Kirk. Um, he played through an ankle injury last week, but he did look good. He ran around on every single dropback. Uh, so he was playing despite the zero uh, catches. Um, so I think he'll have a bounce back this week uh, against the Rams. He's super cheap. Uh, 4700 should be very low owned. Um, and, you know, quite possibly could be uh, Larry Fitzgerald's last game ever. So interesting narrative play there. Uh, but this is all um, assuming that Kyler Murray – does indeed play this week. If, if he doesn't play, I'm not, I'm not investing in this passing attack at all with Brett Hundley. Um, but yeah, Christian Kirk at uh, 4,700 is a guy I'm eyeing on early in the week. Ramsey's out, right? Like he, he got hurt in the last game. Is it, is, do we have official word that he's um, out? Uh, I don't think we have official word, but I think, okay. yeah, I think he has hurt. Obviously no reason to um, send right. him out there. They're, they could have, you know, some nasty chemistry anyway after all the blame blaming out on the last play. So I think the Rams defense might be uh, in sort of give up mode. So I, I do like the, the Cardinals passing attack. I think that game could be a shootout. You guys mentioned earlier, uh, but yeah, Goff and, you know, McVay, this is probably going to be an FU game. Just <laughs> drop, you know, 40 plus points this week. Uh, why not? So I, I think this will be a high scoring game. All right, one guy I'm relatively high on is Devontae Parker. And you guys, you guys are both relatively low on him. You're late. You're I mean, late, Friedman. Yeah, I, late. I get it. I get it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm buying as the stock is going down. It's a brilliant yeah. strategy. Yeah. <laughs> nah, you're late all these weeks. You're like, oh, Devontae Parker, I can't rank him that no, no, This player prop just got 10 times better. <laughs> no, I, 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 know. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know. Now I basically have to bet the over. Um, but, oh I mean, it's – okay, I think he's going to see – a lot of Stefan Gilmore. Um, but you know, as we saw Gilmore isn't, he isn't perfect. Like he did get smoked you know, literally by John Brown last week for a long touchdown. Now graded. That was the first touchdown he's allowed the entire season. And it was John Brown's only catch of the day. But Ante Parker is like, he's getting so much volume that I still think like, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, like, he don't care. You know what I mean? Like he's right. just going to throw and he's going to throw to the best guy he has. And he, if he throws interceptions, 
He doesn't care because he's just going to keep throwing more on the next drive. So even though a normal quarterback would be, you know, like uh, very desirous to throw to anyone other than the guy being defended by Stephon Gilmore, I could see Fitzpatrick just being like, you know what, I don't care. And almost like willfully going at Stephon Gilmore with, with the best wide receiver, clearly the best wide receiver on the team. So, you know, like I could see a game in which Parker has like 20 scoreless yards, but I could also see a game in which he has like 100 yards and a touchdown. So that's, I don't know, like I, I think putting him 18 is my sort of middle ground between that early in the week, knowing that I'm probably going to adjust him a little bit. But I, I don't know, there's just something about the matchup that like for a normal situation would scare me much more than it does for week 17 with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I, I do like that rationale, and people have to remember, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick throws an interception to Gilmore, it's minus two points for Fitzpatrick, not Parker. So right. Parker will only see, you know, positive points for, you know, like you said, I could see Fitz just tempting fate and just throw, attacking Gilmore, trying to get to Parker. So I, I do like that call, even though I'm fading him. You, you did give me reason to, you know, have some shares. Obviously, I, I think you're yeah. saying that just as the long con for setting up the prop that you give no, us I'm, a little bit. I, look, I'm trying to get the prop right. I don't care about long cons. I'm trying to get his projection right because it's, it's a tough, tough situation this week for sure. All right. So, uh, Sean, you are relatively low on Parker. Raybon, give us your Parker take. Stephon Gilmore is good. Bill Belichick's good. <laughs> he had a ton of good matchups. Now he doesn't. Uh, so we're fading him this week. Like, why? Why are we getting on Parker in the toughest matchup known to man? Like, why? Like our, every they, other week he had good matchup, except except the, the Bills matchup, which he still uh, roasted. So I'll, I'll give you that. That's the one thing he did. He did go off on the Bills, and they have Tredavious White. But, but still, like, this is another step up. So I'm willing to bet that it's, it's, a, it's a bowl expectation game. Could you see them almost, like, triple teaming Parker? <laughs> I mean, they, they have to worry about Gusecki, obviously. But, I mean, they're probably okay with Albert Wilson getting four-yard dump-offs, right? I mean. Yeah. Like, I, so I think the thing about, like, that, that John Brown touchdown on Gilmore was it's kind of the same reason Gilmore doesn't cover uh, Tyreek Hill when they match up anymore. Like he's just that the one thing that could kind of beat him are those just stupid fast guys because he's he's a little bit you know bigger guy but I think Parker is right in his wheelhouse of guys mm. that he could shut down so yeah I, I think Wilson's probably a good call if you're looking for a guy that would like get uh, see an uptick like kind of like the Cole Beasley game uh, last week like I think it would be a guy yeah. like Wilson. I I mean, I can buy that. I respect it. Like, when Parker has a horribly disappointing game, I'm not going to be surprised. Hey, like you told me on the radio, Friedman, what about the last four years? Five years. (laughs) That that was you. That was your words. I know. That that, that was a while ago. That was last week. I know, I know, I know. know. Yeah. Uh, The guy I'm relatively low on, uh, I mean, I feel like it almost doesn't need explanation. T.Y. Hilton, you know, he's been plagued by injuries all year. He has nothing to play for. Uh, I think he's going to have a relatively run-heavy game script. It's not as if this matchup is nearly as daunting as it used to be, but he still is going to see, I expect, shadow coverage from A.J. Boye. So just, I I think, a situation to avoid uh, with him in general. And then, uh, you know, just kind of throw away here, D.J. Moore. Uh, I'm kind of skeptical that he's even going to play. uh, He's in the concussion protocol. Um, So, 
that's where I am. Sean, give us give us this Parker prop. <laughs> it doesn't even matter right throw. It's going to be 20 or 150. So 58. 58 and a half. Uh, I bet I bet you that's the prop that's set. Like uh, Okay. Uh, I think sportsbooks will offer something similar to that. So You said 58? 58 and a half. I'll go under. Okay. I will go over, but my line right now is 63 so i don't i don't feel like i'm drastically higher than than you are on this no yeah i have him ranked 28th and you have him 18th yeah yeah i have him 26 so yeah like i'm i'm right i'm right there with you like i think if he like his average yards would be right around 63 but his median would be a little lower right i I think that's fair Yeah. yeah all right let's uh let's close this out by talking about tight ends uh, everyone's favorite topic, week 17 tight ends. Uh, the top guy in our rankings is George Kittle playing at Seattle. But of course, that is on Sunday night football. So off of the main slate, Travis Kelsey at home going against the Chargers to uh, remember now have uh, Derwin James as their uh, tight end defender. Uh, and then Tyler Higby breaking into the top three uh, with his fourth straight 100-yard game. Uh, pretty incredible. Sean, who are you relatively high on? I'm high on Higby, and I did a, a Twitter thread of the Vince McMahon reaction gifts, uh, sort of the process of going through making his initial Week 17 projection this right. week. You know, like you said, uh, four straight 100-yard game, nice. We all know that, though. That's a stat everybody knows. Uh, looking underneath the surface, um, he still ran around on 67, 67% of uh, Goff's dropbacks. Uh, that was with Gerald Everett returning, which I was a bit worried about. Not going to lie, I ended up hammering – Higby's under receiving yards, I think it was like 49 and a half. I regretted it immediately. The very first drive, I knew he was oh. going way over. <laughs> oh, um, I, I Everett, immediately regret this. Gerald Everett's played 6% of the snaps, so obviously, you know, they're all in on Higby, Higby right now. And then I saw his matchup. He's playing the Cardinals this week, so I fell out of my chair when I saw that. So I'm going to have all the Higby, and he's only 5,600, I think. He's like the third or fourth most expensive tight end and that that's you know i think uh who's not on the slate it's just kittle and hollister so pretty good tight ends on the slate so he's too cheap i'm all in on higby uh i can't wait to do the player prop later because i really don't know if i could set the line high enough for him uh with the the cardinals matchup against tight ends as well yeah i mean like higby might account and he's the guy i'm relatively high on now too and honestly like i might bump him up to number two uh like on the week you know just kind of depending on what what happens with uh Ertz. Ertz, yeah um and then also i mean kelsey has has a tough matchup kelsey is matchup proof but i mean derwin james is not like a guy to be messed with uh, as exactly. a, a tight end defender so i don't know uh i'm relatively high on higby i'm there with you and like he might like he could account for like 40 percent of the the fantasy points that jared goff gets this week like it, it could be an unreal number um so yeah i'm there with you Raymond. Who do you like? Besides Higby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hunter Henry, I think he's kind of getting a little forgotten here. I know he's had some some dud games, but he's down to 4,500 uh, going against the Chiefs, who uh, have been kind of a, a defense that funnels the ball inside. Uh, so I like Hunter Henry in this matchup. Dallas Goddard, he's another one. Now, it would obviously be better if Ertz were not to give it a go. But I think even if he does, uh, Goddard has been – these last 10 or so games, he's been up around 17, 18% of the targets. Uh, still don't, still doesn't look like Aguilar. 
uh, is going to uh, come back. And even if he does, I don't know if he'll be uh, fully healthy. So there's, there's still a ton of targets here to go around. Uh, just, you know, just, just by default in this Eagle offense, they, they, they're in a must win game. They need to win the division. Uh, so I like Goddard as kind of a, uh, a guy in that mid range that people might not be given quite as much consideration given some of the flashier names uh, above and below him. Sean, who do you dislike? <laughs> well, the, the Mark Andrews fade didn't really work out too well for me last week, so I'm going to have to stick with it. Uh, <laughs> he's si- he's 6,500, uh, so he's 1K more expensive than Tyler Higby. Um, they have nothing to play for. And last week's game, um, Ingram got hurt, and then like the very next play, Lamar Jackson got hurt. He was limping around, and then Mark Andrews was limping around. So I, I could see if if Andrews does play this week, I can't anticipate him playing the full game, especially, you know, in a meaningless game where they're benching uh, Lamar. So at 6,500, I mean, if there, were a t- if there were a tight end that could hit value at that in 20% of the snaps, it's Mark Andrews. But I'm going to go against him again this week. Um, I'm projecting him like, I think, like uh, tight end 10 or 12 uh, initially. So the second most expensive tight end, no thank you, I'll pass. And hopefully I don't get burned uh, for the second straight week in a row by him. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I'm there with you. Raybon is too. Yeah, like I honestly for Baltimore, I I kind of just split up their usage equally at this point. Like, I don't think he's even going to play like his normal expectation of snaps, and I don't think he would have that same upside with RG three like to just score right. you know two touchdowns on three targets. I can still <laughs> people chasing some points though, and he'll be over owned no matter what. So yeah, um, Raybon. Who do you dislike? Uh, uh, so uh, Kyle Rudolph, he's just been a complete non-factor uh, without uh, Adam T with Adam Thielen in the lineup. And that's even with Thielen not being as productive, but uh, Irv Smith has been running more routes than, than Rudolph. So and, and Rudolph had kind of the streak going a few weeks ago where he was scoring touchdowns almost every game. But uh, you know, obviously as most, uh, guys who are dependent on touchdowns do when they kind of, uh, when, when those dry up, there's nothing really there. So, uh, Rudolph is the guy that I am low on. All right. And the guy I'm low on is Jack Doyle, uh, kind of a similar, um, perspective on him as the one that you have on Kyle Rudolph, just a guy who is not really involved in what they're doing in the offense, uh, not getting many targets. And with this game, even though it's a great matchup, um, the Jags are 31st in pass defense DVOA against tight ends. So, you know, like you look at that and it looks like a good situation for him. But um, I just, you know, end of season, there's no need to play him. Uh, and I expect a, a run-heavy game script for the Colts. So uh, a full fade for me on Jack Doyle. Sean, give us the much-anticipated Tyler Higby prop. Uh, so I have the line set at 69 and a half receiving yards. I mean, I'll take the under. Good luck with that. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, that, uh, that line is definitely like uh, Kittle-Kelsey range for sure, but he, I think he's earned it by now. I have him I have him at 67. I don't feel good about taking his under, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, hope, I'm hoping for a 67 with, with three touchdowns. So <laughs> There you go. Yeah, we'll go I mean – yeah, the – I don't know. I, I mean, like, the, the value-seeking, like, uh, regression-focused part of me is like, no, I will never – I will never, like, 
give that number for a guy who's been on a run for just four weeks. You know what I mean? Like, like, right. like a man's got to have his principles, and this is where I draw my line. I, I bet sportsbooks offer 63.5, 64.5. I bet they'll go that high, and I yeah. don't think it's high enough. Yeah, I, it's, it's fair. I mean, he's, he, he seems like a guy who's taking over. It's just, uh, I don't know. It still seems, it still it feels high more than like the, the calculation of like yeah. it is high. You guys are in friends and family leagues, and I've always felt that like no championship game should ever go into week 17, but you never like want to waste a, a week of the NFL season. Have you guys been in a league that does anything smart with week 17? No, uh, not personally. Like week 17 for me is just usually kind of like a, a DFS yeah. week, you know, try to see, you know, cause there's always kind of edges you can have just by kind of understanding the motivations and what teams will play their guys for, you know, the full amount of snaps or have incentives or things like that. So yeah, I haven't, I, I would totally love uh, to be in a league like that, but I haven't. How about you guys? No, I have not. But uh, one of our listeners reached out to me uh, on Twitter, the Matt Ward at not the fake MPBW had a great idea that so for week 17 they're using my low ball idea they're having a yes. draft so um any player that gets a zero this week gets 20 points um and low score wins so they're doing that for next year's draft order which I think is a really cool way to use week 17 like you said you know it's a week of football why why waste it so they're doing the low ball format I came up with for uh draft order next year I, I think is a really cool idea yeah yeah, so I, you know, for any listeners who are in leagues that do kind of cool things with week seventeen, uh, hit me up on Twitter. I would, I would love to hear what that is because I, you know, I think there's the opportunity for, uh, you know, a, an interesting format, something that kind of builds on the season. You know, doesn't replace the championship week, but kind of celebrates the season that was and can sort of uh, launch you into the next season. Uh, so yeah, uh, hit me up on Twitter with any week seventeen information that you have pertaining to uh contest format okay uh guys that's that's the regular season of course we are i'm assuming going to continue to do the show into the the postseason because there are slates to be played and won great season strong season Happy holidays to everyone. That's going to do it for this episode of the Action Network podcast. You can follow Sean, Chris, and me in the Action Network app at the underscore oddsmaker, Chris Raybon, and Matt F. The Oracle. Use the app to get real-time odds and track your bet for free. Check out the rest of our episodes and live shows this week. Please subscribe to and rate interview the show on Apple Podcasts, radio.com, or wherever you get your podcast. See you again next episode. We're finished talking.